But no, I think I am firmly against hitting kids or other people's kids, sorry. Um, all for hitting kids. Um, <laughs> that are your own. So I came back to my house, got the ki- gift, unwrapped it. It was a Hillsong hymn book. <laughs> um, the final career or job that I think that uh, attracts psychopaths, I've put as terrorist. Um, I think I've <laughs> misunderstood the question, to be honest. <laughs> my body was out, but my arms were still in, and I was dead set about two centimeters away from popping both my shoulders out of there. Shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Critical Banter, where we take the best bits from your favorite late night shows and package them into a podcast. On today's episode, we'll be answering Reddit's most popular questions on Answer Reddit. And just like our idols, Donald Trump and old Joey Biden, we'll be screaming at each other on the TCB debate. So this week, we've got me, Miguel. We've got Senny. G'day. And Rohit. Hello, hello, boys. Um, quick update on the cone situation from last episode. We uh we're going to bring a traffic cone and see the power it has popping in car spots and then uh, see whether people actually decide to take out the cone or just drive past the uh, prime park, car park. So, I've got good news. I've actually um, acquired the traffic cone. So, it is in my the back of my car. And, Did you uh, buy it? And I actually just found it. Like I was just driving through the construction site near your house, actually. Um, and I just saw it all on the road and I thought, this is it. It's all ours. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. Um- one of the houses near my place, um, I think they're painting their driveway and so they've got like a whole bunch of traffic cones in front of their driveway and I was so <laughs> tempted to take one. <laughs> no, no. Rest assured, I've got one. So, um, this week we'll be doing the uh, doing the prank and uh, we'll give you some results for next week. Um, but but actually, we'll get into the, the log, what happened to my week um, last week. So, actually, I was um, away for the weekend and we went up the coast to the beach. And so, we went and we decided like me and a couple of families, we decided, oh, you know what? Let's go like drive on the beach. So, we've seen that done. And so, we get to the beach and there's a bunch of like massive four-wheel drives um, rocking up. And then the park ranger looks at our car, Mazda CX-9, and then was like, you sure you'll be all right because you need a four-wheel drive to drive on the um, on the sand? And my dad's like, yeah, yeah, not a worry. It's, a, it's an all-wheel drive, which <laughs> I, I still don't know the difference. Um, <laughs> but anyways, we, uh, we, we drive on the sand and like we're doing all right for the first like two minutes. And then suddenly you hear just like a big like a catch in the sand. And then now instead of driving forward, we're driving down. And then half uh, like half the front bumper was like literally covered in sand. And so what happens is like I'm proper, I'm proper stuck right now. The ranger drives past and instead of giving us a hand, he looks at the car and he's like, mate, told you that it was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last thing you want, some smug guy telling you. Mate, you know, to be fair, he told you. He told you about it. He, he did warn us, right? And so, what now I'm having to do is like, firstly, I see my the other family that we've gone on the holiday with driving their car, also another all-wheel drive. <laughs> <laughs> And we're thinking, oh no, we can't, we can't both be stuck here. So then, me and my brother, like, and and, and their kids, uh, basically, they've started like shuddering. And what happens is they put the car in neutral, and now we've started to push the car away, um, mm. back up the sand, and, and you know, luckily for up them, the sand. up the sand, back into the back into the gravel, so they can, um, they can, you know, live free. That's freely. quite an effort. That's a Man, big car as well. Yeah, it was a big daddy car and it's just a, a massive effort for all of us. But anyways, my car is now stuck in the in the middle of the sand and like the waves are getting closer, like it's high tide. So, the waves are like <laughs> lapping the car. <laughs> and so, we're stuck there for a bit and then what happens is like this dude comes around with his like massive tow truck, like good guy. Well, actually, is he a good guy? We'll find out. He comes along and he's like, oh, like you guys need a hand? 
and we're like, I'm like, yes, <laughs> the, the waves are on top of us, and the car is like, and and like when the waves go on the on the sand, it gets a bit drier, like the sand gets a bit harder, and like um, and, and you're proper stuck. Anyways, he tows the car out, and then you know, I'm thinking like, wow, what a friendly guy, everyone in the country, so nice. Um, and then he's like, you got any money for me, mate? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> nothing's free, bro. Nothing in this <laughs> life is free. That man saw a business opportunity and took it. So, but the thing is though, like, I, you know, we did pay him in the end, but How much? The, the service, the service is poor, 50. How much? 50, set you back 50. Yeah. Well, he, he had no, he had no change conveniently. <laughs> And so, it, like, uh, you know, 50 was a bit much because it was, uh, the service was not that good. I'll tell you why. The guy, like, before he helped us, right, he just, like, stands there. He looks at our car and he just has a chat to us. He's like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, I got a, t- I got a tow bar and, like, a pulley system. I'll get you out. But instead of just, like, at that point helping us out, he decides to light a cigarette um, <laughs> and then just stuck, like, he's like, oh, yeah, it's really stuck in there, isn't it, mate? And I was like... <laughs> Buddy, <laughs> just give us a hand. Anyway, it's cost me 50 bucks. And uh, the question is this, boys. Where have you been stuck? Yeah, I've got a couple of stuck stories. Um, as you were saying, that, I, re- I recall a couple of quite embarrassing moments for me. So, I'll, I'm going to take you boys back to year seven. On our camp, we went to a cave um, and we had to travel through these caves. And obviously, caves are quite dark and small and tough to get through. So, there was one particular part where it was a small little crack in the cave, I guess, and everyone just had to get through there. Everyone else seemed to get through there fine. I go through, get stuck. And so, I'm like halfway oh, through no. this little crevice. And then all the mates, I don't, I don't, you guys weren't there, but the other guys just stood there laughing at me in the dark. And then in the end, one of the boys behind me had to push my ass through that little gap. Um, and I was covered in mud the entire time. Thick. Thick two Cs, Sen. That's what you've got. <laughs> I don't know how the other guys made it look so easy, um, but I do remember I was there for at least a good two minutes, I reckon. And look, two minutes- Oh, you poor thing. Sam, two minutes. How did you ever survive that? Nah, mate. (laughs) It's embarrassing when you're the only one who gets stuck there. Actually, actually, that that, that reminds me, Sam. Um, I went to to Wet n Wild with my friend and his 14-year-old cousin. And so, there's a ride there where you stand and then the floor disappears from underneath you (laughs) and then you go down and then go on like a loop-de-loop, right? And so, dude, what happened was like everyone goes through, all right? Like my friend's fourteen-year-old cousin, you know, goes through nicely, but I don't have the weight to make it up, up the, up the ramp. And so, like, I'm trapped in this, like, I'm trapped in this tube, and, and the water's coming down, and I'm terrified because I think the next person's floor is going to disappear, and he's just going to come colliding into me. So like I'm I'm crawling trying to find a way out. Finally, they, there's like a thing where they open the top half of the um the slide so you can kind of get out. Oh, and I, I do the walk that. of shame uh, down the stairs to like the rest of the my mate and his family. And then I look at the 14 year old girl, and then she looks at me, and I look at her, and I just I just think, oh no, oh, I cannot believe this has happened. Um, and I was just like, oh, I just didn't have the weight to go through. And then she's looking down at her her belly, and I'm like. Oh, uh, that was not a good comment to make as well, Ro. It's just, yeah. Only straight out of like Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> um, I got two other quick stuck stories. So, this one happened also this weekend. So, I tried um, bubble soccer for the first time. And then, I don't know if you guys have tried it, but basically, you need a PhD to get into one of those stupid things. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so the guy said to get out, you have to get out with your arms first. Well, I didn't hear him. And I tried to get out with my body first. And then I ended up getting in a position where 
my body was out, but my arms were still in, and I was dead set about <laughs> two centimeters away from popping both my shoulders out of their <laughs> shoulder sockets. <laughs> so again, a goose moment from me. Um, and then the final one is something that I've told on the podcast before, um, and this is back when I was working at Vodafone. And there was a day where me and my mates all showed up for work. No one brought a key to open the store. And so all time we great, all time great story. <laughs> <laughs> For about four hours, we were stuck out. Um, we're, we're customers like coming in and just like wondering why the store was closed. <laughs> People walked up to the store and just us three just standing outside, <laughs> closed store, <laughs> just on our phones. <laughs> Ah, uh, dear. That is, yeah, one of the all-time great stock stories for sure. Also this week, I want to talk about um, a couple of sporting events um, that happened over the weekend and I guess today as well. We're recording this on a Monday night. Um, so the first one was the rugby. I know none of us really watch rugby or care about rugby, but um, mm. it was between New Zealand and Australia and it actually was a draw. And funnily enough, so it was in New Zealand and Australia hasn't been New, New Zealand in New Zealand since 2001. But the reason why I bring it up is because it was played at a packed stadium. Like 31,000 people were there. No masks, no social distancing. And I was looking at footage of it and like photos and it was jarring to look at. I felt uncomfortable just watching it. Like people were dead set just sitting next to each other. Like no semblance of coronavirus at all. Like obviously this takes me back to a simpler time when you could do this every weekend. (laughs) But I don't know. I don't know if I could do that again, dude. Like Sitting in adjacent seats too much for you. (laughs) It is a bit much. It's like sardines packed into it. It was like people sitting on top of each other. And obviously, it was fine. There was no issues. But I feel like that's nah, the thing. I understand. Like it's not going to be. Like I was actually watching like highlights of like, you know, soccer and, and all that sort of stuff. And then you see everyone celebrating, like getting around each other, you know, hugging each other. And I just, you know, shudder every time. I'm like, my body's not used to this. No, but the thing about the sports like so far that have come back, they've done like one group of people per row. So, like, in any given row, you might only have five or six people. But here, there was, like, packed rows. I think in the French Open, actually, they had, um, they did the same thing. Like, you can have one in a row. But instead of, like, staggering it so it was, like, you know, I'm in D4 and then the bloke behind me is, like, in, you, you know, C8. Mm. It was just C4, D4, E4, <laughs> F4. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a planning oversight there, I guess. Just as long as they don't cough in the forward direction, it's fine, I guess. Mm. Um, but also talking about sport as well this week I guess was the whole theme of this weekend was about records and tying records and so today in the NBA the Lakers won and they won their 17 championship tying them with Rowie um, the New Orleans Pelicans beautiful actually the Boston <laughs> Celtics <laughs> You are so far from the truth. It's ridiculous. Um, So, both them and the Celtics have 17 wins now. Um, So, that was in the NBA. And then in the F1, Lewis Hamilton tied the record for the most wins in a career with 91, tying him with Manny. Michael Schumacher. Uh, He's got it. He's got it. it. Let's go. (laughs) Um, So, again, like a massive achievement as well. And then in the tennis, which is the big one, which is the one that, you know, raised my eyebrows a bit was Rafa Dendal won his 20th, tying him with, well, I guess ask me because I'm not the tennis one here, but Roger Federer. But the thing is, he's won, so that was the 13th one, he's won the French Open. So, obviously, you guys know more tennis about me, but he's, by definition, just a French Open merchant, right? He's a merchant. He's a merchant. Because <laughs> you take his 13 out of 20, he's only won seven. He's just a average Get him off the clay, point. bro. He's, he's average. I could I could win as much as him. If I was on a clay. <laughs> titles, whatever, you don't even blink an eye at at that point. And then what I are think- you talking about? It's like, it's like yeah, you know, oh, like, you know, I take all of, you know, MJ's highest scoring games and really <laughs> he's just an average player. No, but tennis is so different because like there's the four slams, right? And this guy's just been so dominant one and then 
seven out of God knows how many he's played. So it's, it's a terrible record outside of France. But I, I was looking at his record at the French Open, and it's he's a hundred and two. That is yeah. insane. That is. Like, what's the point of even signing up to the French Open at that point? Literally, everyone's just deciding who's going to lose to in the, <laughs> in the final. Oh, dear. There's, I think, yeah, massive, massive domination. Like, probably one of the most dominant players, um, obviously the most dominant on clay, but maybe in all of sports, one of the most dominant performances. One of my um, favorite stats that I read about this was, so the Harlem Globetrotters, um, they're, you know, they play exhibition basketball games where usually they decide like more more often than not they're going to win. So like they have a ninety eight point two percent win percentage. Rafa Nadal has a ninety eight point one percent win percentage at French <laughs> at the French Open. Like that is insane. But then I was wow. also looking like Federer has twenty and then Djokovic has fifteen, sixteen. How many? I don't know. Like seventeen. It's very close. Sixteen, seventeen, something like that. So really, if you took out those three, like it's really just so open. Like if two of them didn't exist, for example, I mean, could Federer technically have won like sixty? Maybe they pushed each other. The argument is that they maybe pushed each other to become like better. So without the threat of mm-hmm. Nadal, maybe you know Federer loses to some, uh, retires five years earlier, doesn't win as many Grand Slams. But you uh, know, all speculation. Okay. I didn't realize that you said of all people we're going to have an in-depth discussion about tennis. No, I was just reading about this and then I just went down a little rabbit hole of this and just the more I read about it, the more nonsense it sounded. But I think, yeah, the moral is Nadal is absolute French merchant and I think he's incredibly overrated. Farmers League in France. (laughs) He's so overrated. That's that's one of the hottest takes I've ever heard in my life. Rather Raphael win something outside of France, man. So, boys, today's episode is actually sponsored by the good people over at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. So, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And just to show you guys why you need a bit of Manscaped in your life, we'll share some, you know, some bad grooming stories to you. Boys, I've got a good one from my friend. He was, uh, it's actually a high school grooming story. Um, he, was, uh, he was actually using a trimmer uh, on his bush in, you know, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock appointment with Lisa. You know what you got to do. Uh, what happened was the teacher walked around the corner as he was going and, um, you know, as you can imagine, terrible, terrible thing happened, cuts his, cuts his, uh, his crown jewels and what happens next? He goes to hospital. I'll tell you what, that wouldn't happen with Manscaped now, would it, Sen? No, you're absolutely right. But, um, historically, I've, I guess I've always been a bit apprehensive when it comes to matters of grooming the nether region, but I got to tell you with the lawnmower 3.0, shaving has never been so easy. Mm. The lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof, allowing you to groom in the shower. And it comes with an LED light, which helps guide the 7,000 RPM motor through your bountiful bush. And boys, trust me, you can really feel all 7,000 revs. <laughs> Just the right amount of revs, really. It also comes with a USB charging stand. So once you're done shaving, you can pop that bad boy on your bedside table next to your phone and pictures of loved ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dearie me. So where can we find this mix? Where can we find the, uh, the lawnmower 3.0? So, you can find it at manscaped.com. The link for that is also in our description. And if you use our special code TCB, you can get 20% off all purchases as well as free shipping. All right, guys, it's time for the TCB debate. As everyone else, we've been watching the presidential debates and now we thought we can give this a go. So, uh, we've got three rounds of debates. It'll be affirmative versus negative and the extra man will be the judge. Um, so I guess we'll start us off, me and Ro. All right, boys, I have the first topic for you two, and it goes, you should be able to hit other people's kids. So we'll get Ro hit to start us off with the affirmative side. Take it away, mate. Um, thank you, Miguel, and uh, thank you, 
to the esteemed colleagues here with me today. We can't be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Look, all right. Uh, very controversial debate, and it's a pleasure to be here at the TCB debate, first one. Um, so I just want to clarify a couple of points. So w- when I say hit, right, I don't mean with a baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm thinking more like a, a tight backhand on the buttock. Uh, I'm looking to discipline them, not violate the Geneva Convention. <laughs> so my first argument in favour of hitting children uh, that are not your own is that there's always that, you know, the famous question, uh, could you or would you rather take on 58-year-olds or eight fifty year olds And so, look, honestly, the only thing stopping us from finding out whether the average Joe could take out 58-year-olds is the inability to whack other people's kids. Now, I'll give you a personal anecdote, make the story a bit, uh, you know, a bit personal to all of us. We've all had this happen to us, right? I had a family over for dinner a couple of months ago. And um, the family had had some young children, and there's one little little pest in particular. He starts uh, he starts screaming and grabbing the plates. Now, in this day and age, right? I can't tell someone. I can't even tell someone else's kids what to do. I've just got to be like, "Hey, uh, little Johnny's got the Swiss Army knife," you know, and pray that the parents actually do something about it. All I'm saying is this: porcelain is irreparable, but Doctor Riviera has seen plenty of broken arms. <laughs> I rest my case. All right, Sani, you wanna you wanna take the negative side for this debate? Yeah, gladly. Um, I'll start off by asking, who is Doctor Riviera? Mate, you're a Simpsons fan, are you not? Oh, so that was a Simpsons. Reference. It was a good reference. There you go. Okay, very good. I will give you that. But no, I think I am firmly against hitting kids or other people's kids. Sorry, um, all for hitting kids. That um, <laughs> of your own. <laughs> I think there's a certain charm that comes with hitting your own kids, but hitting other people's kids, that's a big no-no. That leads to serial killers. You know who else was beat as a kid? Ted Bundy. Mm. That's all I'm saying. All right. So, I think there's a, there's a couple of reasons why I think you shouldn't hit kids. Firstly, if you hit another person's kid, their parents are going to whoop you. Mm. First and Wait, foremost. Why am I mmming along? Sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're agreeing with me. It's God. so compelling. Think about it. You're on coals. There's a little kid being a little shit. You go hit the kid. Then this absolute six foot eight vessel of a bloke, an absolute Toyota Hilux, turns around and looks at you. What are you going to do? You can't do anything. Maybe let's say the kid is good at karate. What if the kid turns back and whoops your ass? That's embarrassing. That is dead set embarrassing. You should try to hit a little eight-year-old and he puts you in a headlock. There's no way you can win from this. So, I think general rule of thumb, don't hit other people's kids or any kids really. Um, that is That doesn't belong to you. Um, and obviously, there's the whole child abuse aspect of all this, but, you know, that's not really interesting. It's neither here nor there. That's neither here nor there. So, therefore, I think you should not be allowed to hit other people's kids. All right. Two, two very interesting and compelling arguments from both of you. Um, but simply off the fact that I don't want to get hit by a Toyota Hilux, I'm going to have to go with San on this one. I think every listener will be against that decision. <laughs> that is so controversial. But is it's the most compelling argument that either of us made. I don't want to be hit by a six foot eight unit. I'm not actually going to advocate <laughs> hitting kids. <laughs> How can I win this? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll move on to the second debate of the night. Um, this is between Sen and Miguel. We should abolish speed limits on the roads. Sen, take it away with the affirmative side, please. Thank you. Um, this is something that's actually very near and dear to my heart. 
I think you, you should be able to drive the speed limit. Sorry, you should be able to drive as fast as you want, whenever you want, wherever you want. School zone, <laughs> don't worry about it, Chief. 100Ks, no worries. If, my argument is if you're a safe driver, then there should be no issue. You should be able to go as fast as you want, wherever you want. I call it the no harm, no foul principle. Mm. As long as you're safe, you abide within, you know, you don't, you know, you're not, don't do anything reckless. You should be able to uh, drive as fast as you want. And I'm going to use an example here. Let's look at the Autobahn. Nothing bad has ever come out of Germany. So therefore, you know, this is already good. <laughs> Dude, on the Autobahn, you can go as fast as you want. You can go as slow as you want as well. But the thing is, it's so effective. If there's an emergency and you need to eat, you should be allowed to go 200 kilometers an hour to get where you want. You know, mm. if I'm going to miss the start of the movie, I should be allowed to hit Showground Road at 200 kilometers an hour. That's just a fact, you know. It'd be mm. rude not to. And, you know, going even further from there, I think we should abolish all traffic lights as well. <laughs> it should just be a courtesy system. If I get to the intersection first, you've got to let me go. It's just fair. Wow. And then if I purchase a car, I want to use all of it, you know. If I'm only using the first 100 kilometers of my speedometer, what am I paying the other 60% <laughs> of the car for? I want to be able to hit 270 kilometers. All right, I want to use the whole speedometer. Let's not be silly here. And then furthermore, you know, there's the other stuff. You know, I just want to flex on slow drivers. I want to drag race other people at lights if I want to. <laughs> I want to recreate scenes from The Fast and Furious. Pretend to be Lewis <laughs> Hamilton as I'm going around a corner in my Toyota Corolla. Mm. And then, you know, there's the capitalist look at it. You know, more speed equals more petrol. Fuck the environment. Climate change is bullshit, as we all know. And, you know, you're keeping big oil happy as well. Everyone is happy with this. So, therefore, you should be able to go as fast as you want. Beautifully, beautifully put, Sen. Uh, Miguel, any rebuttals, any counter-arguments and uh, your opening statement, please? Yeah, thank you for the introduction, Rohit. Um, so, you know, I'll skim over the safety and saving lives and, you know, the reckless parts of, you know, whatever <laughs> Sen said, 200 <laughs> down a school zone. I'm sorry. But we'll we'll skim over that because I'm sure the listeners are sane enough to understand how stupid that is. Mm. So, th- my first point here is I feel if we don't have speed limits, boys, Speeding will not be as fun. You know, you're not going to get the thrill of, as you said, 200 down a school zone. Because you're allowed to do it now, it's not going to be as good. The adrenaline rush, it's all gone. And when you don't have adrenaline, boys, what do people turn to? Illicit drugs. (laughs) They're going to go to the street. They're going to get cocaine. They're going to get heroin. You're going to see crackheads all over the streets, boys. Is that where you want to be gunning down 200 kilometers? You're seeing crackheads all over the place. Mm. All right. And my second point. The go-kart industry, boys, going to go to shit <laughs> if we lose speed limits. The saying is, if you want if you want the thrill of speeding, but you want it to do it safely, mm. you go go-karting. You go to these places where you can, you know, drive properly. Let's think about the economy. Let's think about what we are doing wow. to the everyday Joe, the small business that runs a bloody go-kart, you know, shop down the street. Joe's where are they going to get business now? Where yeah, are they Joe going? Go- exactly. Where are they going? Nowhere. We should not abolish speed limits. And that is a fact. Wow, it's um. Uh, look, I think that's pretty. That's pretty clear. When you got the judge agreeing with one side, <laughs> I'm gonna have to award it to Miguel as well. Like, Sam, this is just a dead rubber, my friend. I don't know. I think if little Jimmy didn't want to get hit at the crossing, he shouldn't have been uh, crossing the road. You should be able to go 200 in a 40 kilometer school zone. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. The last debate, boys, is uh, the letter Z should be removed from the alphabet. Migs has got the affirmative, and Ro has got the negative. Uh, Manny, take it away. Yeah, look, I'm 
you know, I'm glad that this is a topic of debate and I'm on the affirmative side because it's something I've been very passionate about since primary school, fellas. Back in primary school when people are creating their MSN usernames, <laughs> their name ends in S, they're making it a Z. Why are you doing that? It's an S. Leave the Z. The Z's no good, all right? It's the fucking, it's the Pluto of the alphabet, boys. We don't need it. And no good word starts with Z. You look at xylophone. It sounds like it starts with a Z, but it starts with an X. It doesn't want the fucking Z. There's no, even xylophone doesn't want the Z. So that's all I need to say. That's all I need to say in the topic, fellas. Wow. Um, that's the caliber. Well, this will be a walkover then. Right. <laughs> Boys, my argument, much like the number of its strokes it takes to complete the letter Z, is threefold. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> this is going to be good. Here we fucking go. Firstly, you remove the Z, you get rid of zebras. They are now ebras. <laughs> An ebra place for AC Milan. So I just want to say, just imagine the confusion, right? You're talking to your friend and he casually mentions you've seen Ebra playing with monkeys in Africa. <laughs> Suddenly, you think your mate's a racist and he hates Italians. <laughs> can, I, can I continue, please? Continue, continue. Go on. <laughs> Sorry. Secondly, you remove the age-old debate, the original GIF or GIF. This debate is far more important to society than what meets the eye. You know, how often are you out on a date? So not including you. Uh, conversation gets stale, <laughs> you know. It's time for the old Hail Mary play. You ask the date, is it Z or Z? You know, <laughs> bam. <laughs> Suddenly you've got something to talk about. And the next thing you know, your decision to use Manscaped in the morning comes in clutch. Thanks, Manscaped. <laughs> Finally, another pillar of society, the alphabet song. Ask yourself the question, would you feel safe in a world where the song ends W-X-Y? <laughs> Are you uncomfortable? Mm. You should be. You should be. Uh, in summation, look, getting rid of the Z not only impacts your dating game, but really truly rips apart the fabric of society itself. Look, in a world filled with uncertainty, the le letter Z is the true constant, the omega, and the objective measure by which we feel safe. <laughs> uh, outstanding I was um, When you said zebra I was wondering wh Where you're going with that you, you say zebra And I'm like You've never said zebra In your life <laughs> It all made sense Look, it, fits, it fits the joke For that one joke alone I'll, I'm going to have to Give that one to you Thank And you. just like Thank that It's much. another deadlock 1v1 v1 Guess we'll have to Bring this back again Alrighty, boys, we're bringing back Answer Reddit. Um, so I've just trawled through the top questions on Reddit for this month and uh, we're going to answer them. So, boys, first of all, what careers or jobs most attract psychopaths? It's too many to name. Um, the one that first came to my mind was, and apologies to our American listeners, was for uh, the army or military. I feel like there's heaps of psychos, absolute freaks that joined the army. Yeah, and they're so passionate about it. Mm. Like it's their life goal to join the people army. People just want an excuse to shoot at people and then just go join mm. the army. And they're so unhinged most of the time. I'm going to get a lot of angry army people in our DMs this week, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you don't Is this a stereotype? Thing. I don't know. But I feel like um, 
they definitely I think the psychos definitely all congregate at armies and <laughs> militaries. <laughs> yeah, because the psychos um, get access to a gun. They do a service to us. They don't even need a license. They just will hand them out willy nilly. You do a bit of training. You do. I don't think they hand out bloody M16s to everyone that wants to join the army, bro. Dude, I'm thinking like, here's what happens, right? You do some push-ups. You run two k's. You're in the top, like whatever, twenty percent. Here's your AK. Here's your grenades. Go for your life. Here's your manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Isn't that the pack? The welcome pack? The basic yeah. training starter kit? Starter pack. It's like um, there's an episode of The Simpsons where Marge um does police training, and there's like an obvious psycho there doing the training with her, and like Chief Wiggum saying something, and the psycho's just like, "Who cares about the rules? When do we get the freaking guns?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mate, that's what I'm imagining as well. Um, I've got a couple more. Um, real estate agents. I think they're all. I don't know if they're psychos, but they're definitely just slimy people, slimy individuals. You reckon because they just have access to houses, they just you know wander around. Have a look, you know, the drawers, profile the person. Is that where you mm. is that where you're coming from? Yeah, it makes sense, you know. It would make a good um I was looking up uh when we were doing this, I was looking up um serial killer professions. And um one of them was actually real estate agents. You know, you get the inside workings of a house. You get to figure out where you can hide like the little um inside spaces in the walls where you can hide bodies and whatnot. I definitely could see it happening. Oh, yeah, well look. I'm not at the stage I'm going to buy a house, but I feel like you've turned me off the real estate agents. Maybe I'll just <laughs> do it myself. Um, and the last- do you need a real estate agent though? Like, what do they do? Like, what's their actual job? I'd like to know this. They're just a middleman. They sell the house for euro. <laughs> I don't know what more you want. Hard- no, I'm saying how hard could it be? Like, I could walk in, you know, four bedrooms, two bathrooms, you know, <laughs> looks nice, great backyard. Well, I was buying a house off you, dude. <laughs> You'd put your house on Craigslist if you could. <laughs> No, you got those like realestate.com, right? You just put it up there. You just write the number of bedrooms, bathrooms, and garages, and someone you just people come knock. Someone will bid for it. Exactly. <laughs> um, the final career or job that I think that uh, attracts psychopaths, I've put as terrorist. Um, I think I've <laughs> misunderstood the question, to be honest. <laughs> You're going to have applications for that, Sen. Yeah, obviously, you know, terrorists don't just accept anyone. There has to be due process here. There's a screening process, right? You know, you yeah, go for sure. to- the era, you meet the, the bloke, he susses you out whether you've got the tendencies. <laughs> who's the more of a psychopath though? Like, is it the bloke who's hiring you or is it the dude that is willing to be hired? But to be honest, they can't, ex- I mean, it's a good, it's a great question. Really good question. But I think you can't. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel ill-equipped to answer this question, but I, but I think I'll. They can't be hiring like full, full-blown psychopaths because you know when you're dealing with these kind of explosives and armory, like you can't have actual mm. loonies walking around with this sort of stuff. So they need a certain level of, of unhinged, exactly. So you're, so you're mm. saying there's more of a vetting process to be a terrorist than to be in the army? Because oh, we said any old bloke could join the army. <laughs> I think and I'm so. yeah, there's that. a meticulous little process. I stand by that as well, to be honest. I'm going to stand by that. Alrighty, next question then. Um, how do you boys deal with an overly friendly neighbour who asks too many questions about your life when you happen to be outdoors at the same time? <laughs> Bit niche. Take that as you may will, as you will. Mate, it's just like any any situation. You're on the bus, you're on the plane, gym. Mate, head down, AirPods in. I ain't listen to you. I'm going about my business, and I'm not listening to you. What do you guys think? Do you guys try and be friends with your neighbours? Are you all about mm. that? I'm actually friends with my neighbours or like I say hi to my neighbours when I see them on the street. Like I've got a like a nice old bloke, um, oldish bloke, you know, across the road. He has a nice dog. I dog sit his dog sometimes. Um, the guys next to me, I'm convinced are selling drugs, but you never know when that can come <laughs> in handy. Um, 
Building bridges, not burning them, right? <laughs> exactly. I, I think Migs, yeah, uh, a bit rude though. Like, what happens if they say hi? You can't just, like, you're not going to have your AirPods out at all points in time, do you know what I mean? You're not AirPods Every time I step time. out the door, mate, I've got my AirPods in my pocket. <laughs> what? So he says hi and you just give him a one moment, mate. AirPods in. If he says hi, I might say hi, but I'm not initiating anything at any point. And I'm, if I know he's going to be friendly, I'm going to try and avoid it at all costs. Hmm. I think That's you go fair. the other route. I think over time, you slowly build up a facade. Like one day you come home and like they see you, you've bought like a whole little knives. Then, you know, another time you've, you've brought back home a lot of cleaning products. Then another day a lot you've, of rope. A lot of like, but, yeah, rope and like um, just like tarp. Did you ask them to help you bring it in? Just be like, uh, hey, mate, like, could you just help me with these box of knives yeah, exactly. just so they get more and more suspicious? And you do a lot of like building at night, a lot of construction at night. And then one day they just see you taking out like a rolled carpet. <laughs> Got a little balaclava on. Just, yeah, for the face. Keeps me warm. It's 45 degrees. Well, you know, got a condition. I'm actually really bad at this. <laughs> I'm actually really bad at this. Like, I think the worst part for me, maybe not neighbors, but like, for example, when you're at a party and you're meeting like all these new people, you're mingling, right? Small talk. And then I actually just don't know how to end the conversation. So, like, what I did, like, I remember this one time. This is a very poignant, poignant moment, which told me I was not good at any conversations. Is like the usual go-to is like, oh, I'll actually... um you know, let me just go grab a drink from the bar or whatever, right? Mm. And, but the thing is, this time, like, I had just gotten a full glass of, like, you know, vodka Coke or something like that. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, you know, but it's full. And so, for some <laughs> reason, what I did is I just poured it out and then I just walked <laughs> away. Didn't even think to, like, scull it or anything. It's on the floor. Dude, I, I just panicked, yeah, and I just threw it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> looks empty to me. <laughs> That is so rare from you. <laughs> what on earth? Dude, you panic sometimes, all right? How did the guy react? <laughs> well, I didn't give him time to react. I just walked away after I said, oh, well. <laughs> all righty, next question. Uh, boys, what's the worst birthday gift you've ever got? Yeah, so this brings me back to a time, you know, during my childhood, maybe primary school. So, like, throughout the year, a lot of my cousins had their birthdays before mine. So, I'd go out with my mum, all excited to buy them, like, you know, the latest Pokemon game, FIFA, toys, what have you. So, and, you know, by the time, as a kid, by the time my birthday came around, I thought the favor was going to be returned, boys. I'm going to get the new mm. FIFA. I'm going to get the new console. <laughs> so, I came back to my house, got the ki- gift, unwrapped it. It was a Hillsong hymn book. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bloody hymn book from, like, my most religious, like, auntie and uncle. And I'm there all ungrateful, nearly in tears that I didn't get bloody FIFA. But what can I do? <laughs> I'm a little upset. Dude, look, they're just trying to save your soul, mate. And plus, <laughs> there's some good tunes on the Hillsong albums, I'll tell you that much. I had to go upstairs, hide the book, maybe let a few tears out, and then come back down and say thank you. Oh, that's the worst. Do you still have that it? the worst. No, no. No, no. I don't think I opened it. You got Spotify now these days, so you got full album on. Exactly. <laughs> I listen to the Hillsong official playlist now. I remember, I remember, not a birthday present, but a, a Christmas present I was in preschool. I think this is actually my earliest memory. That's how much it traumatized me. So, like, what happened was in preschool, it'd come to, you know, Christmas time and, like, the fake Santa would come around, like, handing out gifts. And, like, obviously, right, it's the parents who have gotten the gifts and given them to the kids. And so, everyone's getting, like, Nerf guns and, like, all these, like, remote control cars and stuff like that. I've copped a deflated soccer ball, <laughs> not even pumps. <laughs> and like everyone's like playing around and like oh you know thanks Santa and I'm thinking like mate Santa's gonna get it big time 
<laughs> didn't even give you some air. <laughs> man, man couldn't even yeah pump it up for me. He just gave it, and so what? What happened? What I used it? I just like I just used it as a plate because it was there was. No- <laughs> what more could I have done? Oh, dear me. Well, a little knife and fork on a soccer ball. No, I literally ate my pizza on it. That's how. That's that's the sad set of affairs that day. <laughs> oh All right. Oh lord. All right, boys, final question. Uh, if a conjoined twin commits a murder, who goes to trial? And if one of them is innocent, how do you punish the other? I think um, the obvious logical answer here is obviously the one that committed the murder goes to trial, goes to jail. Um, but then I think you just cut them in half and the one who didn't commit the murder <laughs> goes away. That's what I was about to say, Sen, as well. Just right in half. Just right in half. Get, get the guillotine out, bang. <laughs> do, do they get like, maybe they get free surgery potentially? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what's that? I don't know what separation surgery. I'm just going to call it that. Um, do they is get that it for even free? A thing? Yeah, yeah, you can separate conjoined. Because they don't have the other half. Yeah, how does that work? Wait, is that- There'll a be thing? half a body. No, I don't think it is. All right, well, no, well you, I'm you on- have, the- like, prosthetic limbs and stuff, so. I don't think the limbs will come free. Maybe the cutting comes free. Yeah, yeah. The limbs are extras. Limbs not included. That's probably Exactly. Right. Cutting, of course, come free. Anyone can do that. Um, but then, obviously, I think another answer is maybe- you know, you get the other conjoined twin to commit a murder and then just even it up nicely. Mm, just a free swing of murder. Kind of you, get, you give him like seven days to commit a murder yeah. so it's fair that he's in jail? Exactly, yeah. Nah, I'm thinking, I'm on the other end of the spectrum. Like, one of them cannot be innocent. <laughs> I don't think like one person, one conjoined twin can commit a murder with the other, the other one being in cahoots. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, same, but they're not the same person though. They're not the same entity. What if the eyes were closed though? They didn't see anything. What do you mean, mate? They've got two hands. How you like? Honestly, though, like obviously the other twin, he's got his hands around one side of the neck. The other guy's got his hands on the other side of the neck. They're in it together. You only need you only need one hand for a shankro. You only need one hand for an M nineteen, mate. Even if right, like you know, we've always said this. If you're a bystander of the crime, you're just as bad as a criminal. We've always mentioned. We've always maintained that stance. Mm. So like the guy's got the shank on his left arm. You know, old mate on the right is just thinking, oh, he's cutting up some onions. What's he doing to stop him? He's obviously he's got to he's got to you know grab the hand, hit the hit it out of the hand. It's like you're hitting yourself, that kind of vibe. If he's not doing that, he's a criminal. I don't think one person controls one limb. <laughs> Surely not, dude. How else could it work? Oh, that is true. I don't know, but you like- know, you'd make sense. The one on the right can control the right arm and the right leg. And the lefties can. But how do they walk? Yeah, it's not. How do they walk? How do they get no the legs way. in sync, boys? <laughs> So then, how does it work? This is actually. Oh my god! It's like when we talked about conjoined twins a few episodes ago, and by a few episodes ago, I mean like like a year ago. (laughs) And we talked about you know if one conjoined if they have if they share a common penis and one conjoined twin wanks off the other one, is it incest? That's another philosophical question. We have so many questions for conjoined twins. (laughs) Can we get a conjoined twin expert on? So, our attempt to get a source expert failed, but I feel like this attempt will be nice. If anyone knows about conjoined twins, please let us know. Yeah, we'd like to know. We want to be educated. How they, how how they, they walk. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's enough. All right, let's move on. So, that brings us to the end of the episode. Remember to use code TCB to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. If you want the link for that, it's in our description. And you can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so you don't miss a single episode. 
Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, all at Critical Banter, where you can find additional content as well as submit any questions or stories for us to discuss. The links for those as well as our website are in the description. And with that, we'll see you guys next week.